two guys from Milwaukee. Here we go again. It's those two guys from Milwaukee. Welcome to Low Orbits, the podcast mini-sode in which two writers watch some TV. Welcome to Unknown Orbits. I'm Patrick Baird. I'm Steve Reitze. This week we're in low orbits mode, reviewing a classic TV episode from the golden age of science fiction. Today's episode... The Special One from Season 1 of The Outer Limits. This is a particular favorite episode from The Outer Limits of mine. It tells the story of a family with a young son, a teenage son who's pretty good at school, plays baseball, pretty all-American kid, and they're visited by a mysterious Mr. Zeno who claims to be a representative of a government program that identifies highly gifted children and is there to perform as a tutor, a private tutor for their son to help him with his studies and to provide him with advanced opportunities for learning. And as the show progresses, the mysterious Mr. Zeno turns out to be an alien who's there to spearhead an invasion of Earth using the brilliant children of Earth as their tools. Because Kenny is a mutation plus, which means he's, you know, he's a brilliant child and has a 30% greater chance of getting cancer. Yeah, maybe. Because apparently the parents worked at a nuclear lab years before, before he was born, and somehow they got a little low dose of radiation that caused their son to be a mutant. But essentially, it's the story of a stranger with an English accent wanting to spend time alone with your 14-year-old child. In his bedroom with the door closed. Yes. Yes, so the reason that I really love this show is it's a great premise. The actors that are in it are well cast. Marion Ross, who would go on to be the mom from Happy Days, plays the mom in this show, and she's pretty much exactly the same character as she was in Happy Days, except not as wacky. That was an interesting surprise to stumble upon her. Right. I think at the same time we said Marion. Hey, yeah, Happy Days. And the actor who plays Mr. Zeno, as you said, he, he speaks either with a real English accent or a cultivated English accent. I think it's what they used to call a transatlantic yeah, accent. The, the same one that Vincent Price always had. Yeah. So he's very Vincent Price-ish. You know, just, just the sound of his voice is sinister. So it's well-produced. It's directed by Gerd Oswald, who we've talked about in a previous episode about The Outer Limits, that Gerd Oswald helped to create this very claustrophobic, noir-ish direction where there was a lot of extreme close-ups with a fisheye lens of sweaty people. So he was really good at setting a tone in the episodes of The Outer Limits that he directed. And this is a classic example. So it progresses to the point where the father suspects something strange is going on with the odd man who's in his bedroom at odd hours of the night with his son. And by the way, this is the era of Outer Limits where every alien had to look somewhat like Michael Rennie, I think. Yes, he does. He's like the poor man's Michael Rennie. That's a good observation. So he figures out that he's not human. Then the next day he goes to the government office 
that he claims to be a representative from and finds out that they have no record of him working for them. So at that point, he's actively trying to stop this guy from messing around with his kid. Which these days, you could just check a website. Yeah, so... And it leads to a confrontation. And one of the main reasons I love this episode is that the hero of this show turns out to be the teenage son. Yeah. Who had figured out that this guy was an alien right from the start and strings him along to the point where he's able to build a device that removes the element from the air that this alien needs to breathe. At the final confrontation where he's using ESP to get his father to jump out the window and kill himself, the son whips out this device and forces the alien to surrender and then flee the apartment and therefore forestalls the invasion that's coming. I'd like to point out just a geeky detail here. Now, the alien's name is Mr. Zeno, and in the end, the kid precipitates Xenon out of the atmosphere. And he's from the planet Xenon. Yes. Now, xenon is an actual gaseous element, and we have like a parts per million amount in the atmosphere. But the subtitle spelled it wrong. They did. Yeah, xeno is with a Z, xenon is with an X. Well, that is very geeky. Thank you. For you to criticize the subtitles. Well, (laughs) we pay the minimum wage. They should get it right. Yeah. So, like I said, the fact that the kid winds up being the hero is a nice little twist. And it also has the opening pre-credits scene shows another different father trying to go to the government office, but it's a weekend and they're closed. And Mr. Zeno shows up and, again, by using telepathy, forces him to jump out of a window and kill himself. That's a pretty grim sequence. You know, he's like pleading for his life as he's slowly being forced to the window to open the window and push himself out. It really opens the show on a pretty dark note. The Outer Limits was never afraid of killing innocent people. Oh, yeah. As we've talked about in a previous episode, one of the things that distinguishes The Outer Limits is it's a very dark show, very noirish. And if an alien came to Earth, if they weren't there to destroy Earth and conquer it, they were the victims of human prejudice. So there was no happy E.T. moments in The Outer Limits, and this is a great example of that. When you mentioned film noir, you reminded me. When we were watching the episode, I started noticing the background mood music, that really low back and forth. I think they use a bassoon for it, kind of a which I can't reproduce it, but you don't hear a lot of that anymore. Outer Limits did it really well, I think. The only other series I can think of offhand that had that kind of mood music would be Star Trek, but I think Outer Limits did that better. Well, I would say definitively that the Outer Limits had the best theme song. Yeah. But Star Trek had the best incidental music. You mean like fighting music? Yes, like the fighting music or in the previous episode where we talked about the Doomsday Machine, the episode where the planet-killing ship was bearing down on the Enterprise.
building tension music. Yes. Which, frankly, I only have the Outer Limits version stuck in my head now. The boom, 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 boom. Yep, yep. Then I would also point out the Outer Limits had a great library of sound effects. So all of the machines, the alien spacecraft, all, they all had this very evocative sound to them. Well, you thought I was being geeky before. There's a sequence in this episode where the father has found the son's notebook. Right. And it's a demonstration of him having alien knowledge because it says 125 elements, not 102. Crypsilium 1 and Crypsilium 2. Which I thought was completely unfair to the team because everyone wants an element named after them. <laughs> but the guy at the top, well, I'm Crypsilium. We're going to name both of them after us. And yeah. his assistant was like, God damn it. I thought I was going to have one named after me. Oh. So the father's reading through these things. And then he reads through, oh, here's this bizarre, complicated equation. And he reads it out. And it's for converting centigrade to Fahrenheit. Yeah, that was almost a groaner, Yeah, really. That was unfortunate. Outer Limits had a lot of episodes of the mysterious alien invasion, the secret invasion. Like, remember the teenagers episode? Which one was that? Some rock and roll motorcycle riding teenagers come in and it turns out they're aliens, of course. That was an Outer Limits episode? Wasn't it? I don't, that does not ring a bell. It's not a sterling episode. You're not thinking of teenagers from outer space, are you? It's definitely either Outer Limits or Twilight Zone. I'm not thinking of... It's got to be Twilight Zone. You mix up Outer Limits and Twilight Zones pretty regularly. I can't be the only one. I'm sure you're not. No, that's a very common thing. But you're right. Remember the one where the aliens would put this squealing spider thing on people's necks? Oh, yes. And it would make them sort of zombies. Was that based on Heinlein's book? or No, it was not, but it, it might have been somebody else's story. Okay. But that one fits your template. You're right. There was at least a half a dozen, I think. The Rocks. Episodes. Oh, yeah. You're referring to Corpus Earthling by Louis Charbonneau, which we previously reviewed in another episode. That had to be like episode six or seven? Episode 11, Corpus Earthling by... Louis Charbonneau. That's where we first talked about The Outer Limits and about that episode in particular. So yeah, another stealth alien invasion. What could be more stealthy than a bunch of rocks that were aliens? Wait a minute. Rocks are everywhere. <laughs> Got anything else? Uh, no, I don't think so. Okay, that's it for another episode of Unknown Orbits. I'm Patrick Baird. I'm Steve Reitze. Keep watching the sky. <laughs>